Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Check-In by TMR. It is almost 1,800 miles from Sao Paulo, Brazil, to Marco Island, Florida, the city where Marie Ramos, the Senior Global Director of Sales for Retail and Leisure at Marriott International, now makes her home. Marie is my guest for this episode of the podcast, someone who I feel very fortunate to talk to, not just because of her candor and her bright personality, but because her career is one of many in the travel and hospitality industries that has allowed for that kind of movement of career and life, something that a lot of us may overlook from time to time. In this interview, she talks about that journey, including growing up in one of the most culturally diverse cities in the world, and then making the move to the US, first to Miami, and now to her current home in Marco Island. For those of you who don't know Marie, she's one of the most engaging people I've had the privilege of speaking to in the industry, and someone who I hope you get to know in this episode, including her ability to speak three different languages, her growing love of pickleball, and a lot more. During the interview, she also talks about what makes a great hotel a great hotel, which is something she would know better than most people, considering her two decades plus working in the hospitality space. She also talks about how travel advisors should think about that choice when building a vacation for her clients. She also talks about what makes a great hotel a great hotel, which is something she would know better than most people considering her two decades plus in the industry. She also talks about how travel advisors should think about that choice when building a vacation for their clients. She puts it better than I can, but it's more about just matching a client to a location or matching a price point to a budget. It's about building an experience and realizing that the choice of a hotel has to fit into that. It's really one of the most fun conversations I've had on this series, and I hope you enjoy it too. So without further ado, let's check in with Marie. Hey, Daniel, how are you? Good, how are you? Good, good, good. Can't complain. <laughs> well, it's nice to meet you. I don't think I've ever met you. I know we have a lot of mutual friends on LinkedIn, I saw, but I don't think I've ever met you uh, formally. No, I didn't have the pleasure yet, <laughs> but I'm happy to be able to do that today. Um, well, yeah, well, thanks for taking the time. I know I know how busy things are for everyone these days in uh, the travel industry, but uh, but I'm, I'm glad I'm able to meet you and talk to you today about sort of your career in hospitality and, and sort of what you're seeing with the industry right now, too. Sounds good. I'm excited about it. Um, so where are you based? I know I know your role with Marriott sort of would have you a lot of different places, but are you based at the headquarters in Maryland? No, I'm not. Uh, thank God I'm able to work remote and uh, I live on a little island um, in Florida. It's called Marco Island, okay. about 30 minutes uh, close to Naples. And uh, I found this paradise about uh, 15 years ago and I just love it. It's such a peaceful place. How did you how did you find it? Was it was it part of your uh, part of your your career or your work that, that you you noticed you, you got introduced to the island? No, it's not actually funny enough. Uh, my father used to love rental houses here and I bring the whole family uh, for us to spend vacations. And uh, I just absolutely fall in love with this place. And in 2000, I believe it was 2003. I had the opportunity to buy a vacation home here. 
And I did. And I used to come just on the weekends. Uh, but as you know, in 2017, Marriott purchased uh, Starwood. And uh, Marriott has the philosophy that, uh, you know, the sales organization can work out of a home, can be on home base instead of our office. So I was, you know, let's take a year, you know, and uh, try this home thing. And I did, and I love it. Okay. And uh, I moved from Miami, which was a very fast-paced city, uh, which my family is all there, and become, uh, you know, a, a love citizen of Marco Island. Wait, so what is life like on Marco Island? And I mean, you mentioned Miami was fast, so I assume it's slower on Marco Island. But uh, but is there a lot of, I know it's a vacation place too. Is there a lot of vacationers there constantly? Uh, is it, does it feel, does it feel like a tourist destination when, when you're sort of going about your daily life? Well, I have to say, Daniel, uh, it was funny enough. <laughs> when I first moved, when I first bought the house here in 2003, it was a very different, you know, uh, uh, looking feel it was a lot of older community and you can feel that right so nine o'clock the restaurants was closed <laughs> you know they used to have early birds everywhere <laughs> it was a fun so with the years you can see that more young crowd is coming uh and after the pandemic mark Island just exploded right i mean we do have a beautiful jw marriott right here on the island which they build a new tower called the Serene, which is for adults only. And uh, now they have almost a thousand rooms and it's just absolutely incredible the amount of people that is in the island. So you can see a lot of Airbnb. They always, they, 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 the island is really busy. And you can see a lot of more young people, couples, people moving from New York. And, uh, you know, uh, it has changed uh, tremendously, but it's still, you know, my traffic here is like five minutes to go okay. from my house to Publix. It's, you know, it's never going to compare to to Miami. Uh, the restaurants now open until 11. Woohoo! So <laughs> <laughs> it is, a, it is, a, is, a, is, a, is getting a little bit faster pace, if you will. Okay. I um, mean, it, it, it does seem that you're, you're, I mean, the way you speak about it, it seems like you very much enjoy that slower pace. But I mean, have you always been that kind of person to, to rather have, I mean, did you grow up? in uh in a city or or in a sort of a rural area that that compares to anywhere else you've been no i am originally from brazil so i am originally from a city called sao paulo okay which for those who doesn't know brazil or sao paulo is very similar to new york fast paced nightclubs theater food restaurants you know like uh, that kind of city always a fast pace i think what i found is my whole life, if you look it over, it was always a fast pace, right? I was in Sao Paulo, fast pace. I moved to the U.S. in Miami, a different of a fast pace, but it's still a fast pace. Yeah. So I think, you know, when I get to Marco Island, and uh, it's just kind of giving me the peace. And uh, when I want to get, you know, get out and go to the fast pace for a weekend or so, you know, Miami, New York, it's, you know, and I'm always on traveling, right? Since uh, I oversee so many different segments within i mean it's the leisure segments but so many different channels within uh marriott i'm traveling a lot i'm always on the road so i think when i come back home i wanted that peace and quiet and needless to say i am now hooked or something <laughs> that called pickleball and uh mark wiley so many courts there i never thought that i would like that game anytime that uh, uh, i saw people play i was like oh my god i used to play tennis this is like a uh, short court and I used to make fun of the people that had played it 
and now here goes. I play every time that I'm in Marco Island, you know, if I can, mornings and nights, and uh, it's just a, a fabulous game. And uh, Marco Island have so many courts, which I love it, right? So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I I I've never played pickleball, uh, but I've I've see I see it more and more often here in New York. The courts and people with the equipment walking around. So it does seem to be kind of trending everywhere. Uh, that that game. Yeah, it's the fastest growing game in the U.S. <laughs> but let me tell you, when you start playing, and uh, it is funny, you know, like you, re I really like it. I never thought, like I, I play volleyball when I was young, tennis, you know, like of course I'm Brazilian, so all Brazilians uh, need to learn at least one or two times in their life to play soccer. Mm -hmm. So all these games that was. But, uh, you know, pickleball, you, you really get the exercise in and uh, it's very strategic and you have to have control, right? I mean, okay. it's a small court, so you can, uh, you need to have control of the ball. It's, uh, yeah, it's very interesting. So, as I said, you know, life changed, I think, with the yeah. time and the, and the experience and the age, uh, we start liking different things. Wait, so I wanted to ask you about uh, Sao Paulo, too, because I've never been to that city. But from what I've read, and I have a, I have a friend who actually lives there now, uh, it's just an incredibly multicultural place to live. And I mean, I've, people say you, you compared it to New York, which I'm sure it's very similar to. Um, but it just seems like a very, very big melting pot that, that you can sort of experience different cultures, different different people, different ways of life. And is, is that sort of your experience you had when you were growing up there oh definitely so so paulo is the funny thing right because it's a it's a huge city and uh it's it's really truly a melting pot so uh if my camera was working you would be able to see me right that oh, I, I i i i live in in, in sao paulo in a in a, in a place that was very close to a very Italian uh, community. So I really definitely speak with my hands and I, you know, <laughs> have those uh, loud laughs. And if you get the whole family together, Lord Jesus, you don't know if we are having fun or if you just look like everybody's fighting because everybody's talking so loud and the hands. So that culture. But in the same city of Sao Paulo, we have the largest Japanese community outside Japan. Oh, right, wow. so you go uh, to Liberdade, and uh, it's Japanese even on the signs. It's very kind of uh, Chinatown, if you will, in New York. Uh, but also, we have the largest Lebanese community out of Lebanon. Right, we have more than four million Lebanese in Sao Paulo, and you know, like so, it's so many different cultures. So you can have from you know Mediterranean food uh, to Japanese to you know like to Italian, and not to mention you know uh, a lot of German. So you go to Sao Paulo, and we have uh, one of the best October Oktoberfest out of uh, German. So wow. it is a it is a really truly uh, a melting pot, and uh, it's a very exciting city. You can find everything uh, right there in there. Yeah, I never knew the the like the Japanese population you mentioned is it seems so surprising to me, and even the German population too in uh, in Brazil seems so surprising. I, I I always sort of had the idea of Sao Paulo as this big metropolitan metropolitan city and as this big melting pot like we're talking about, but when you sort of get down to what kind of populations are there, it does seem surprising to me. Oh, it's incredible. You have to, like, you know, like that is a place that called Bishiga and you walk around, you feel that you are walking in the cities of Naples in Italy, 
but it's the whole thing like you see the houses and you see the clothing hanging from the outside and you know like it's that experience and if you go to Liberdari as I said you were in a Japanese community with the Japanese lanterns and the, the red it, it's just incredible um it is uh, um, yeah and if you think about it even on the south area of Brazil. So if you think about it, Brazil is a very uh, large country, right? Mm. So the south part of the Brazil is really, truly where the, all the Germans have left uh, after the, you know, before the war, the, the, the Second World War, when they are fleeing from for German. So if you go to a place they call Santa Catarina is the second, of course, it has to be the second because the Oktoberfest in, in German is the, is the first one, but it's the largest Oktoberfest uh, in the world uh, after German. It is, and you go to Santa Catarina, like 90% of the population, in a sense, it's descendant of, uh, you know, Germans, Holland, it's, it's, and everybody's blue eyes, tall, you know, like, uh, <laughs> it's exactly when uh, 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 Giselle Boscher is from, right? So, oh, so you okay. can see all those tall girls and uh, is, is blue eyes and, uh, yeah. you know, blondes. And yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's very interesting. And you go northern of uh, Brazil, like on the north, when you have Bahia, Recife, such beautiful places, but you can see a completely different culture, right? And they, the, 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 the skin color and the people and the food is so different, um, which is, is just amazing. I mean, uh, Brazil is a very exciting country, have so many different experiences. Doesn't matter if you go north, south, um, center, you know, east or west, is you're going to find something completely different to experience. Yeah, no, I'm curious because how passionately you speak about Brazil and the different cultures you 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 experienced while you were in Brazil. I mean, how do you think that's impacted uh, you, like growing up there and your career in general? I mean, it, it had has to have shaped you in some way, and it shaped you in some way to sort of have this longing to 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 travel, this this passion for the travel industry too. Oh, definitely. If you think about it, right? So. I feel that I, my family, my father, we love to explore and he used to take us to those little trips and, uh, and as I said, uh, explore different areas uh, in Brazil. And I think since uh, that time, I remember just wanted to learn more. And uh, I remember always uh, being asked, like, you know, try different food. And, uh, you know, as a kid, you always look to some things like, I don't like it. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think I like broccoli or, you know, like, so my father used to challenge us and say, just try once. If you don't like it, that's fine, but at least you have tried. And uh, I think I learned that it's nice to go and find and uh, explore different things and different cultures and different foods and different experiences that uh, you know can make you to grow, not only as a person, grow your soul, grow your, you know what I'm saying, like yeah. grow your knowledge. So I think uh, I just fall in love with that. And uh, I feel the hospitality would give that opportunity to me. So definitely I, I took the opportunity when I went to university, graduated in the hospitality, and I just realized that I love it. Uh, and also I love people, right? Yeah. And I love to talk to people that love travel because then it's different experiences that you exchange, it's conversations that you have uh, that, uh, you know, help other people to imagine different destinations that they can visit and, uh, and the, the exchange of, uh, you know, experiences and, and, and knowledge that you exchange when you, you are in the travel industry, the opportunity to meet new people is just incredible. So, uh, yeah, that's definitely yeah. shaped me to, to, to fall in love with hospitality and wanted to keep it 
uh, working on it. And uh, that's all I have done in my whole life. I mean, uh, I work in hospitality since I was young and uh, I will retire working in hospitality, hopefully so. <laughs> Yeah, I want to ask about, I want to get into your career too, but there's one more thing I want to sort of ask about prior to that. And as I know you're, you're trilingual, you speak three different languages. Um, and I'm curious, I mean, how does that happen? I, I know, I assume growing up, it's easier to pick up three different languages or two different languages than, than your native tongue. But, uh, but what's it like being able to speak three different languages? I mean, was it a learning process or was it something that just came with, with the environment you, you experienced during when you were a child? Well, not necessarily. So let me think it is true, because I don't think nobody ever asked me about being uh, able to speak three languages. But, uh, you know, well, that's I'm just I'm... extremely yeah. jealous. And I mean, I, I was always I always thought I was a very good student in school, but I could never even, during these second language classes. Not, it never clicked for me. So I'm just curious how it clicks for other people. <laughs> so here is that in, in Brazil, we speak Portuguese, right? which Portuguese is extremely uh, easy to learn uh, Spanish from, right? Because okay. uh, the base of the language is Latin and, you know, like, and so it's easy for a Brazilian to learn Spanish uh, because the words and the sounds are very similar. Uh, English was, you know, I mean, since I was a kid, I remember everybody saying like, you need to learn English because that's going to be the, the language of, uh, you know, the way that you'll be able to communicate globally and so far so on. So since a uh, young age, uh, my parents uh, put us in the, in the school. Uh, and of course, I moved yeah. to the U.S. when I was 24. So I still have the Brazilian accent. I don't think I ever going to lose it. But I definitely, uh, you know, you, yeah. you, you, you get a better. But I have to say, uh, the language that I'm dreamed to learn uh, is actually French, which okay. I start taking Duolingo on French to learn, you know, because I, I feel that it's such a beautiful language. And, uh, you know, I, I like the pronunciations and how, you know, romantic it sounds. Yeah. Uh, so. That's my next conquer on the on the language side. <laughs> so do you do you have plans? Are you actively like uh, in, engaging in, in French lessons right now to try to pick up the language? Well, I just uh, downloaded, right? So okay, uh, the, yeah, and yeah. I work with Mitch and Mitch it's from Canada and he speaks fluent uh, French, of course. And, uh, you know, of course, in the morning or when we start a little conversation here and there, I'm always like, I still, I still on the very early uh, stage. Uh, and let's say anytime that I go to Paris or uh, to Cannes when I attend ILTM or one of those trips, I always try to get my little French in a better, better position than it was the year before. So, yeah. you know, uh, it, it's just a language that I feel that is, it's so romantic. I don't know. It, I feel that it's really, it seems like you are singing while you were speaking. Yeah, that I think that's probably the perfect way to put it. I completely agree too. Uh, if maybe if I could be fluent in a language, it might be French because you're right. It does like it. It's so unique. It it there's so much like music in the language itself, and it it when I hear someone speak French, it feels very a lot more sophisticated than if I hear my own voice speaking English. That is true. Yeah. And the funny thing is, like, even if the people is fighting on French, it looks so sweet, right? I mean, yeah. even when they are upset, it doesn't seem that they are upset. Yeah. Uh, yep. Um, so you mentioned you moved to the U.S. when you were 24, and I assume that was to sort of kickstart your hospitality career, uh, something that you've, you've been with for, for, 
for the the rest of your your life right now. And I'm curious if you could tell us a little bit about that that decision to to pursue hospitality um, and and to come to the U.S. and to do it here. So here is the thing, right? So yeah. uh, hospitality came. I knew that I wanted to be in travel uh, since I started traveling when I was young with the family, right? So that's something that I have clear in my mind. Uh, when I look all the, if it wasn't to be hospitality, definitely was going to be engineer. That was two things that I had in my mind. I like to build things or, you know, create things and, or uh, it was hospitality because I really, truly like to travel. Actually, being in the United States, more my sister's fault than mine, okay. to be honest. I was, uh, my sister is a, is a journalist and uh, in 1990 or 92, I don't remember the, the exact year. So she had an opportunity to come um, as a journalist to be a, a correspondent from a Brazilian TV, which she used to work. And she moved uh, to the U.S. Uh, to do the job. So I think it was in 92. Um, I came to visit her. So I never, I always want to work in travel. I never thought to move to the US, but I came to visit her in 92. And uh, needless to say, it was my first time in Miami. Okay. And uh, to be very honest, I just fall in love. Mm -hmm. I mean, again, if you think about where I'm from, I'm from Sao Paulo, which is a very, like it's a city. The beach is so far away. Uh, it's buildings and skyrock everywhere. And you know, the fast pace. So you come to Miami is that, you know, oh my God, I saw beaches every day <laughs> yeah. to go to work. And it was, I was like, oh, I wanted to be here. So I came back to, I went back to, to, to Brazil because I, I still uh, had to finish university and I graduated. But while I, I was finishing my, my last two years, I started looking for jobs, of course. Uh, and uh, I found a Brazilian company that actually was building a hotel in the U.S. And that's how I said, ah, here goes. Yeah. So that, that's how I ended up coming. So they transferred me uh, to the U.S., I think, in 94. Yeah. And uh, and I stayed there, uh, yeah, since today. I never went back. Wait, so how did you – I'm sure there was a level of cultural shock coming from Brazil to the U.S. I mean, how did you find it initially when you when you made the move? Was it was it this daunting experience or was it just – so incredibly exciting that that you sort of set this goal for yourself and, and you were act actively doing what you had hoped to do. Well, I think I was lucky in a sense that moved to the Miami, right? So Miami uh, in, yeah. in the U.S., they said that it's the, the nearest country to the U.S., right? Because uh, it's it's really have the Spanish uh, community or culture, which has a lot of the basis of the Brazilian community and culture as well. So I don't think it was really truly that shocking for me. Okay. I think if I would have moved to New York or, you know, maybe uh, some other part of South, um, you know, Alabama, that probably would have been a little bit more like, whoa, you know, like, yeah. 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 but, uh, you know, my own was that, you know, kind of uh, uh, feeling, you know, almost the same be able to, you know, catch up with the language, with the Spanish. Uh, and that probably was much easier because, you know, uh, I did study some English when I was a kid, uh, but never Spanish. And uh, was able to catch up and, you know, and, and learn while I was um, in the in Miami. That was that was nice. Yeah, that's I'm so jealous of being like, again, going back to the language thing, just being able to pick up a second language just seems like such an impossible task to me. So hearing <laughs> hearing someone who's able to do it, it just makes me incredibly jealous. Uh, I love it. I, yeah, I, yeah I, I think that is I think, again, open opportunities for you to learn more culture, right? When yeah. you, you, you have that 
communication. I think communication is based off everything. If you think about it, you know, friendships start with the communication. Business deals, com you know, start with the communication. And in order for you to communicate, uh, and I know if you if people agree or to dis disagree, you need to be able to speak to that person, right? Yeah. Um, so I know I know your title now is Senior Global Director of Sales, correct for for Marriott? Yes. So, so I, yeah, go ahead. No, so I, I oversee uh, the leisure segment for Marriott. So on my team, we divide uh, into the AAA and CAA partnership, uh, which is managed by a member of my team. Also, we oversee um, wholesale accounts, the largest wholesale U.S. and Canadian-based account. Uh, so in the U.S., it will be like Delta Vacation, um, in, in, in Canada will be, you know, uh, airlines, uh, uh, Canada Airlines or WestJet or, you know, so uh, travel brands so far, so on. So uh, those are my, and we'd also do tour series. So Talc, Globos, all these large tour series accounts. Uh, it's one team, a part of my team. Then I have my retail team, which deals with the travel advisors in the US as well in Canada. And uh, on top of that, we do have uh, another section of my team that they manage the groups that comes from the travel advisors, from the accounts that we are deployed. So it can be entertainment group like band, production, um, music or shows or, or theater uh, or regular, you know, weddings, destination, uh, weddings, uh, you know, family reunions, so far, so on. So those are the, the, the segment. Oh, and we still, we still have uh, some team members of my team that they manage the smaller TMCs. So like for instance, Hickory, ABC, Inter Internova, uh, is part of my my team deployment as well. So yeah, so we are about twelve people, and we are excited. It's uh, yeah. it, you know, it's a uh, yeah. I think leisure it's such a beautiful segment, right? Because what I like about it is the fact that we are making people happy. I mean, we are taking people that have the dream to go somewhere, and that we are presenting them with the possibility to have that experience, right? Getting them the nicest hotels and uh, have that experience that the family will keep that in the memory forever. Yeah. Uh, different than corporate, which is very important, you know, business, corporate business, uh, but it's more like transactional, right? People need to go to do a meeting and uh, we're just providing them a hotel room. You know, like I feel that uh, it's so much personalized when you have the leisure experience and the uh, uh, I, and maybe because I always like to travel and I remember my family traveling, I think that's what also captivate me to be on this segment, if that makes any sense. No, that makes that makes perfect sense too. Um, but I wanted, so you mentioned sending people to the nicest hotels. I wanted to sort of get your take on what makes a good hotel a good hotel or what makes, what the best hotels do differently from sort of the other hotels in the market. I know Marriott offers hotels across price points across segments uh it's it's just a giant company so there's so many incredible options for for travelers if, especially if they want to travel with marriott but i'm just curious if you had a criteria you follow when you look for a nice hotel when you're traveling or if you look for a nice hotel when you're recommending uh properties to your friends or your family that's a good question so i think the the, the, the hotel the hotel it's all based on what is that experience is for 
right? So like, for instance, if it's a girl's getaway weekend, uh, so definitely you want a fun atmosphere. You want a hotel that, are, you know, you have a, a cool spot or for the bar or have a nice, uh, you know, pool environment because you wanted to enjoy the girl's weekend, right? So I think what I like about Marriott and that's, uh, and, and that's is the fact that it's not much about all the price points, but it's we have an experience for everybody. If you are a family, uh, if you are a person that really have their wellness in mind, if you're a person that, you know, you want to just have music, sound, uh, you want the upper luxury, you are very, you know, into sustainability. So if you think about it, if that is important to you, you have Element, right? Element Hotels with uh, LED certified hotels that have everything green and that has organic. So that is important to you. You want the... Uh, as I said, their wellness, you know, Western is there to serve you and to be able to help you to accomplish your goals. You want to, you know, girls waken, you know, W yeah. hotels. Hey, I love the hotels. Is there? So it's all dependent experience that you're looking yeah. for. And I like the fact that Marriott with our 30 brands, we really can serve our customer to all of them. Right. So you want that nice uh, seating environment. Uh, we do have the Marriott or you have the Limeridian. They have that if you're looking for culture, right, you, they will help to open the doors for all the museums and the arts around the hotel. So it's all about the experience because that's how you experience the destination. It's not about the TV on your room or the control remote. It's about the service that you get, the food that they present is the experience that you're going to remember from the destination that you you were right so that's why how i select my hotels and that's how i recommend hotels is understanding what the trip is and uh kind of you know get what brand is going to help that person to be happier because you know the price point it's not necessarily you know sometimes hotels is ten dollars twenty dollars difference here and there but at the end of the day, if you're going to have the experience that is really, truly something that is going to be memorable for the rest of your life, you will pay that $10 or $20, whatever, $1,000, I don't care. You will pay because that's going to be on your heart, on your memories forever, right? So uh, that's how I choose my hotels. Um, it's based upon the experience that I'm, I'm planning for that trip. Yeah, that's that's a really an interesting way to, to look at it, too, because I know travel advisors talk about ex selling experiences, too. And it, you're not I guess you're not looking for the the right. Ho you're you're to get the right hotel. You're looking to fit someone's experience to match it with with what they're going to get uh, in their hotel room and, and their location and and what amenities are in sight and things like that. It's about the experience more than it's about just just booking a hotel. Exactly, exactly. Think about it. If it's a couple going on a romantic trip, you don't want to put them on a W hotels, right? Because they want to romance. So you needed to look at the hotels that is going to provide that. Maybe a Ritz Scout, maybe a Sun Regions, maybe, you know what I'm saying? Like, so it's all a bit about the, 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 the trip. And if you're looking for a family, uh, you know, uh, 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 trip so you're gonna have you know the father the kids like it has to be like what they're looking for all inclusive they have different activities that will get all the ages that from the parties participating you're gonna have something for the kids gonna have something for the the teenagers gonna have something for the, the grandpa and the, and the grandma so it's all about again let's take a look at the trip and with that trip what brand is gonna make you happier which one offer that 
all the amenities or that will make you feel happy. And I remember because all about, everybody talk about experience, right? Experiences can be good or experience can be bad. So I think in order for us to really have that memorable and good experience, we needed to look at overall to make sure that we are feeling all the senses, right? It doesn't make any good for you to put the person in a cool hotel, but around that destination doesn't have nothing that the, yeah. the, the family or the family is looking for, right? So you have to look at the whole package. And, the, and that's why I love the travel advisors because they understand the destinations, they understand the hotels, they understand, because even before you get the hotel, think about it, on the airlines, if they had a bad experience, on the airport, on the TSA. So everything can trigger a happy or a non-happy vacation at the moment that they get out of the house. So not that we control that, right? We don't control weather. We don't control if the line of the TSA is large or not, right? But uh, what we are saying is it, it, it's the whole thing that will make that memorable or not. So yeah, it's uh, and the travel advisors, they really understand airlines they they understand hotels they understand destinations they they understand activities because they they are specialists on those they're specialists on those destinations and uh, and that's why i really um feel that uh, the more people need to engage travel advisors to really be able to get that satisfaction you know you spend your hard money into your vacation to keep that experience going and uh you expected that you're going to have a good time, but sometimes people plan on their own, not knowing what they're playing. They go to Google things and, that, you know, like, oh, what is the 10 top things to do in the city? Get somebody that really understands that. Get a travel advisor that have experience. Then, you know what I'm saying, that they have deep roots on that destination and can really give you the in and out of that area. So, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, as you can see, I really do have a lot of passion yeah. for our segment and yeah. our, you know, our partners, uh, uh, the advisors. But uh, and uh, I feel that uh, I really, I I really wish that everybody really when they go and and uh, have a, a vacation time that they experience and they enjoy and they come back with fun memories because that's that's the only thing that lasts your life, right? Is yeah. your memories. Yeah. So I, I guess my last question, just going off what you you spoke about and what, what we mentioned about the experiences. I mean, I know you worked for a bunch of hotels in, in Miami and in South Beach, a, a very, very, some very well-known hotels, but I'm curious if you have a favorite property that or a favorite experience that you've had in hotels that that sticks out in your mind i'm sure throughout your career and throughout your leisure time too you've stayed in hundreds of different properties but are there any ones that like stick out in your mind or are there any favorites or favorite experiences that you've had at hotels that uh that will always be very memorable memorable to you look daniel if you think about it i feel sometimes that i'm like um, if you think about Marriott, right? We have yeah. 8,000 properties around the world. So it's like, uh, I feel like a mother. I have 8,000 <laughs> little children. So as you, a parent and as whoever is uh, listening to the podcast probably understand, as a parent, we don't have a favorite child, right? All childs are equal on the eyes of God. But uh, <laughs> here is some of the things. I think, as I said, if I'm going to go out and have fun uh, with my friends, I definitely go towards more the W hotels, right? Uh, if I am going to really, truly, you know, relax and uh, I, I go more towards to the Western kind of resort, 
if I'm going to go on a trip, uh, a romantic trip, you know, celebrating, you know, the 10 years anniversary, that I stay probably more towards a, a, a Ritz Carlton or some regions because that gives that romantic experience that I'm looking for, uh, you know, get the cabana with the champagne. So again, as I said, I am very much all about, you know, uh, the experiences. If I'm a family and uh, we are going to have fun in some other cities, maybe uh, a loft or 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 a uh, element is good because, you know, the breakfast is, is there or Fairfield, the breakfast is there, uh, in and out is easy, you know, parking is easy. So again, I really try to get my experience with uh, the brands and the reason why I am traveling. But I have 8,000 beautiful children yeah. out there. I just, we just start having a new uh, little babies called All Inclusive, which uh, it's amazing. Uh, uh, I, to be honest, I've been working in hospital for a long time, but I never really truly experienced uh, All Inclusive until recently. Uh, when those babies start being born. And uh, nearly just to say, it's it's amazing. Like, you don't have to worry about anything and uh, everything in the property. I mean, it was a, it's kind of a new new development in my life. It's something that uh, I feel now that I needed to get within the all-inclusive, so many different all-inclusive experiences because even with it, with them, we have that, right? So, yeah, so it's it's... It's all about the experience of the destination and the reason why I'm traveling. Okay. Well, all my children are beautiful. Yeah, I think that's a great uh, <laughs> that's a great note to end on to. Uh, but again, it was really great to talk to you. I really I had I had a a really nice time meeting you and uh, hearing about your story. Thank you so much, Daniel. It was fun uh, being here <laughs> with you today as well, and uh, looking forward to talk to you hopefully on the near future. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully I'll be able to see you in person uh, very soon. Hopefully so. All right. Well, have a good have a good rest of your day. You too. You guys have fun. Right. Bye bye. Bye.